On chapter 7 of our podcast, we have an update on our existence. We take a look at some of the differences between Canadian and French restaurants. Registering dogs in France. And unloading the moving truck. Just put it anywhere. It's all coming up on Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. Well, we're still here. Barely. <laughs> we are still here in France. I know. It's kind of a miracle. But uh, this little uh, Canadian couple who decided to pick up and move all the way to France. The crazy Canucks. Here's the interesting, uh, I would call it even irony at this point. So after much effort trying to get here and trying to stay here, we are now faced with a position that we can't leave. <laughs> it's like Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're welcome anytime, but you can never leave. This is really strange. So um, before we get into the meat of today's podcast, just an update on on our application for residency, which is called the, you say it better. Carte de séjour. Carte de séjour. And uh, this has been an, an ongoing, and, and the carte vitel, which is the health card, is even more bizarre. Tell you that, about that in a second. But the the carte de séjour thing. So first of all, as your first year expires here, that's the the visa that you get from the French consulate in Canada. As that begins to expire, and ours expiration date was, let's just call it the middle of October, you can only reapply for the next year two months prior to the end of uh, the term. Yeah. The term, which we did. Which we we followed the rules. This is this is us. We're following all the rules over here. And we also, you know, in in order to hedge our bets, hired a company. Yes. That that does this. This is their mandate to help um, expats get the proper documentation so that they can drive, live, mm-hmm. um, go to the hospital. Uh, you know, all of those things. So you know, we engaged them and gave them all the, all the documentation that was required. And and we asked them, you know, like. We can apply earlier. Oh, no, you can't. No, even though you may want to, you can't. Um, This is according to them. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't. It has to be. So mid-August, we applied. So again, playing by the rules. Uh, So I think we've we've talked about this before, but just just for the sake of uh, the context here. Uh, We got our meeting with the prefecture. Could you explain what the prefecture is? Um, it's, It's the administration for... Our department. And it's a government office. It's a government office, and it's in Agen, which is the capital of the Lot-et-Garonne, which is our department. Our, our, yeah, our area. And so we got a meeting um, to um, get our, our pro- everything put into process. And here's the interesting thing. Even the meeting was after our due date. Our due date was, or, or at least our expiration date on, on the first year was around the middle of October. This meeting wasn't until November 5th? November 5th, Right. Um, and so we did receive, um, it's an interim uh, document called Recipice, mm-hmm. and it uh, allows us to um, be here and mm-hmm. reside in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, and its uh, expiration date is April. I don't, in April. Not really, I don't remember the exact date, but it's in April. But on November the 5th, they told us in no uncertain terms that we would have our actual card allowing us full freedoms within four to six weeks. Because with the Recipice, um, we're, we're not allowed to travel 
um, back to Canada. And that is the crux of the the humor here and the irony is the recipe only allows us to... (laughs) What did I say wrong? (laughs) Just the way it sounds when you say it. Recipe. Well, that's what it is. It's a recipe. And uh, it only allows us to be here. So here we are now, February, almost March, and we still don't have the carte de séjour. So you know what that means? That's right. We're prisoners of France. (laughs) <laughs> we are prisoners of France because now we can't even leave if we want to. Which uh, brings me to the French expression of the day. The French phrase of the day I already? Know, it, uh, I know. It's, it's uh, Yeah. Well, you sure like to get, get those off your... Well, I like it when we're point. on theme. Okay. So, okay. here it goes. Mm-hmm. French mm-hmm. phrase of the day. Mettre des bâtons dans les roues. Ah. You're going to get this, aren't I you? I think. You know what? Here's the funny thing. And it may not be too funny for you, but with my advanced French classes now, I think uh, you're going to have trouble passing one by me. Not potentially. Okay, give it to me one more time so that I can, you know, regroup and see if I can get this one. Mettre des bâtons dans les roues. It just sounds so stupid. Okay, one more time, I'm sorry. Mettre des bâtons dans les roues. Put your bats in the street. Okay. <laughs> close. Really close. Yeah. No, yeah. It's putting some sticks in the wheels. <laughs> putting some sticks in the wheels, which means you're preventing things from happening. Okay. <laughs> right? So, so imagine a bicycle. But wait a minute. Wait. You said rue. That's a street. A rue is a street. A rue is a wheel. See this? Is, see, do you hear this? Good people, do you hear? Do you hear what I have to do here? Do you see what I'm up against? There's a big difference between rue and roue. Big oh difference. My goodness. So just imagine putting sticks in in the spokes of a bicycle. You know it what? can't it's, go anywhere. It's it's, it's the same it, kind of difference move. between crazy and nuts. <laughs> Holy, yeah, we get it. Sticks in the sp- we get it. Yeah, sticks in the wheels. Jeez. Look, an English person who's 160 years old can't do that distinction, what you just did. Do it again. Rue. Is it road? Rue. 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 <laughs> you always sound like Clouseau. I know I do. I know. It is, it is my lot in life, you know. But, you know, uh, it was, ironically, much easier to get our, our dogs registered in France. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a cakewalk, wasn't it? Well, we still had to jump through a couple of hoops, but mm-hmm. you know what? You want to make sure the dogs are are who they are and that they're properly vaccinated. So yes, we had to actually visit the veterinarian. We had to go to the vet with all of their Canadian documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, the Greeks have passports, so we had to bring the passports. Little passports. <laughs> You're so <laughs> cute. And, uh, and, and uh, proof of date of birth for the animal. And then um, it was a f- our first time at this vet clinic. Um, two women, amazing. They're great. They were so good. They were so kind. And they filled out all of the um, all of the, the the questions that were on on this form that had to be filled out and sent to uh, um, the ICAD, which is Société d'identification des carnivores domestiques. So if I'm oh, I'm sure you just got that on the first take, yeah. hey folks. So it, it, it it's it's a, an organization um, f- that's within the Ministry of Agriculture and Food, and it's. 
um, main purpose is to identify domestic carnivores. That's what am it I, does. Am I, did I have don't to, qualify. Did no. I have to go through that? No, you did I'm not. I'm a carnivore. <laughs> Maybe it would have been easier going through yeah. this for you. <laughs> I should have come in as Fido. Yeah. I'd be all registered by now. Yeah, so now, now thankfully, our dogs, um, their microchips are registered. So if they go missing, we can, you know, easily contact the organization. We can find them on the rue with a rue. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. So that yeah, and that that was done, and there were no questions. There were there was no like additional. See, this is what we're finding out. Uh, back to our our, our card fatale, we have now had probably five separate letters requesting uh, five separate sets of documents from five different people. It's like the Keystone Cops of a government agency. Yeah, the dogs the, didn't have to prove that they pay rent or yeah. that they own a house or that they... The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. It's very frustrating. Just when you think, oh, this is all we need, great, we've got it, boom. Then you get another letter in the mail. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mr. Jeff, you will have to send us this document as well. <laughs> Okay, so uh, that that was a relatively painless exercise getting the dogs registered, and I'm I'm glad we did it properly because now they're acknowledged. Um, the the chips have been transferred to here, the microchips, and uh, everything's tickety boo with the dogs. Yes, yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I w- I do have a thank you before we move in on any further. I want to thank um, Mr. and Mrs. iPhone because. We've just discovered, and I know a lot of you are going to go, hey, Boomer, way to go. Way to go, Boomer, way to discover something on the iPhone. But, uh, yeah, on the Find Me thing, cause, okay, here's, the, here's the, our, our address is a Liudi. So what that means is, <laughs> until recently, uh, we had no, no address, no number, no and, number, and no street, okay? Our address was Liudi. Blank, France. Right. So, Lyudi means place called. Yeah. So you could have you imagine this in in Canada or the U.S. Place called Bruno. Place called, you know, place called Mike in you know Wisconsin, and that's the address with a, so, with a postal code. With a postal code, but that doesn't mean any, postal codes mean almost nothing to a delivery man. Mm. Almost nothing, or or woman, mm. or woman. Um, and so what we've discovered now with, with my find, is that what it is on, on the iPhone, is you just send the delivery guy because they're just on and on with the talking. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, but we're here and then and, and but you're there and Julie's trying to give directions and it's just – so now we just uh, share, as long as they have an iPhone, we just share a location and hang up and hope, oh. hope, hope for the best. Well, you know, during during the lockdown, and we it, the majority of our time here has been under confinement. We had to order a bunch of stuff online, so we were getting deliveries on a yeah. fairly regular basis. And one of the challenges um, for me was that Jeff, you would give them your um, mobile number, uh, yeah. and so you know they would get lost and they would call that number. I'm not going to get any help from this one. And so then he would go running around the house trying to find me so I could talk to the delivery person so I could get them here. So it was just... <laughs> oh, you know what? We got to tell you about uh, some of the cool restaurant differences before we get into today's topic because it's it's 
I I like it uh, here with the restaurants. It's really quaint. And 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 again, I'm not going to say this is everywhere in France, but in our region, no menus. They roll out the. I just love this. They roll out the blackboards. That some of them have little tabletop blackboards where they write the daily specials, and sometimes they have to. It's kind of, you know, like you need three guys to move this blackboard around. And then sometimes they'll have two or three blackboards. So you'll be eating at your table and they will come and lean the blackboards against your table. So the next table can see the day's specials. It's kind of cool. Um, but the only thing is, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, is, is selection. Well, th- it's very local. I think they, yeah. you know, they, they don't offer you many choices. Um, so if you've got your menu du jour, oftentimes it's two appetizers, two choices for appetizers, two choices for mains, and two choices for desserts. Yeah. Now, your your mains, you're going to have to get used to this, and depending on what region. <laughs> we're in a region where neither of us likes duck. I'm okay with it, but it's really big around here. So invariably, you're going to get a canard. You're going to get duck as one of the... Uh, main mains as you call it and or and you might get veal and and there's usually a fish mm-hmm. but it's for lunch here it's huge it's it's like fred flintstone time well it's th- it's the most important meal of the day here yeah and it, it kind of makes sense you know b- back in north america we were eating our biggest meal I know, at but, night but i go to bed but i'd go like pita pit or something and i'd have like a nice you know healthy little pita whatever here it's like a veal shank with you know a garden wheelbarrow full of potatoes and holy moly it's a lot of food well it's a two-hour process oh you got that right and you know apéro is is required so usually it's a glass of wine with lunch and uh it's uh, (laughs) required required. (laughs) but everybody does it so if you don't have that the wine you're out Uh, uh, yeah, so the choice, it's not like, you know, you go to a, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not like you go to a Boston pizza or something like that and you have a, a million choices. That's the only thing. So yeah, that that's a bit of a drawback. Love the blackboards, though. And Julie's right. This is like home-cooked food. It's very good. It's regional. So, you know, you're, you're going to enjoy that. No bill around here. There's no, you, you can ask for l'addition or you can ask for it, but... Typically, you just walk to, like, we were the first time we were here. When are they going to bring the bill? Never. That's the answer. You have to go to the cash and, and just say, w- w- it's that table there. Right. And there is no room to leave a, a gratuity. Yeah. You, I, I think I heard they're working on that to add gratuities to the credit card protocol, but they, they you can't. So we like to leave a little cash, but. Uh, I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the restaurant business was really hurt during COVID. So Absolutely. I think keeping you know the servers employed. So if you're wondering, because uh, I, if you're like me, I heard, oh, there's no tipping in France. And, and that's not technically the case. There's no tipping on credit cards in France. But if you're coming to France, you know, uh, they will appreciate uh, anything you leave. They really will. Yes. So, I mean, keep that in mind. It's up to you. Uh, but that's what we like to do. And by the way, you know, our the, the local restaurants here know that we tip, and so we get good tables. We get pre- preferential yeah. service. Yeah, yeah. that's the, it's the one area where we get preferential. <laughs> service. I know, but greasing the wheel, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more thing about the service. It, it, it's it, back in North America, it, servers are 
they clear your table very, very quickly. They make mm-hmm. sure that you, you know, here they they want you to enjoy. They don't check back with you every five minutes. I know, but nobody enjoys a a, a, a done plate. You know, get rid of the plate. Are you with me on that? Uh, like, like nobody. If the but, plate, but no rushy, rushy. It, it's no like rushy, it's rushy. But if if the plate is done, nobody wants to sit around a dirty plate. Nobody. Well, I'm not saying it stays there for an, another hour. But I know hour. what you're saying. It does. It does. It does stay there. And sometimes you may want a required second glass of wine. <laughs> sometimes you may want that. And if nobody's around to give it to you, then you know, they're out of luck. Right. But uh, it, it's interesting. I I, I kind of like. The no rushy rushy for sure, like there. Here's the thing, lunch is from two is from noon to two, so it's it's one sitting per table. Like they're not trying to rush you through so they can, you know. In Canada, I know that's kind of the case, uh, you know, especially at a dinner uh, restaurant that does well. They're looking to, okay, you got your hour and a half and get out, yeah, uh, and you don't get that feeling here, do you? No, no, no. ever. So where did we, uh, we ended off, oh, we ended off our last, we ended off chapter six with us getting uh, to the house, (laughs) arriving in France. Everybody was here. The two of us, three dogs. Yeah. After that was the day of the the ticket. Uh, I got the ticket picking Julie up in Paris at Charles de Gaulle Airport. That was fun. I was stewing all the way home about that one, but eight and a half hours of stewing. But That was uh, a pleasure for me. Yeah. Well. That's such a joy. So we got home, and uh, that was exciting for me because, uh, well, I wanted to first of all, I wanted to see the dogs running around, and because back in Ontario, we we had an enclosure, it's about the size of a tennis court, I guess, and then and and it was fine, but this we had designed a fence system around the property that gives them just acres and acres to run. So that was. That was really. That was really so wonderful to see all three of them and the just three reunite. H- hadn't been together for yeah. almost a week. Yeah. So getting back together, running around, uh, we didn't know how they were going to react to a pool. Oh yeah. We'd- oh, this is kind of funny. You just reminded me of something. So one of the beautiful things about France. Oh, I just love. And honestly, it may have been a deal breaker on this house if we had Canadian rules. You don't need a fence around your pool here. Now you say what you will, but what they do have is they insist that you have this metal covering. So the metal covering, if you don't have that, you have to have a fence. So we have this metal covering that slides over the surface of the water and nothing can get down between. It's a metal covering. You can walk on it. Obviously, if you do walk on it, it's it's going to, you know, it's you're going to sink into the water, but it's not going to. You're not going to get underneath it. Right. Yeah. Well, the dogs didn't know that, did they? <laughs> and each one of them learned the lesson one time. They went whipping across the pool, and their reaction when they hit this thing was just like, <laughs> it's like they were on a trampoline. It was, oh, I wish I had that. I really wish I had the video of that. I didn't even think that they would try it. Well, needless well, to say, they, they really, yeah, only once, and they keep away from the pool. <laughs> even when there's no cover on it, they don't go in the pool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was lovely. It was really nice. That was a great reuni- reunion, and Ian was here um, yes. to, to, well, wel- to welcome us. And here's the thing. I had been itching to show Julie all of these renovations because we, you know, there were a few things that were surprises, and we sort of kept that to the end. And Ian, you could tell, he was really excited. He, you know, uh, <clears throat> he had put in 
the better part of a year uh, by this point. He had put in the better part of a year renovating our house. And, um, you know, all of the complications that, that COVID provided, uh, he was able to maneuver through and navigate around. And so he was pretty proud. I mean, they were a little bit behind, but it, it wasn't a big deal, was it? No. You know, well, we had to sleep downstairs. We'll get to that in a second. But it was really exciting for me to show you around the house knowing that the last, the last reveal was going to be a pretty cool one. Well, it, it was just um, so uh, lovely to see all of the masonry work that had been done and the flooring that had been installed. Like, just r- really spectacular. I just loved everything. The kitchen turned out amazing. Um, that that room, you know, is is just so so welcoming and so functional now. It's fantastic. You know, you, know, you had a pretty good idea of what the kitchen was going to look like because these days, these these kitchen manufacturers. The, the rendering they send you is, is the virtual rendering is, is so exact. So you had a pretty good idea what it was going to look like. Yeah. It's one thing, though, to see it yeah. on a computer and then mm-hmm. see it in real life where you see all the distances and, and the finishes. and um, But really thrilled with that, um, except for Big Bertha. But that'll be. Oh, you are so picky. <laughs> you know what? We were able to uh, keep the Aga, that's right, Aga stove. I know, only the best in the world. We were able to keep the old Aga stove here, oven, whatever you want to call argue, it. Ar- argue. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I, I never I never use it. Um, but And it's the thing's got six burners. It's got four different ovens. But uh, little Missy here can't seem to figure out how to use it. So all of a sudden, it's the oven's fault. She's, she's just not nice to me. Anyway, um, we continued the tour. If you, if you were nicer to her, maybe she'd be <laughs> nice back to you. Uh, we continued the tour and, and saw how all of a sudden the salon was functional. There weren't a million doorways. And... Yeah, you call it a salon, a TV room, right? Yeah, a fireplace. TV room. We redid the fireplace, which both. was a, both fireplaces, which you uh, were surprised about because Ian had to make – there. here again with Ian, he made a lot of calls on his own. Like we were – we were in touch, obviously, for through WhatsApp, and we were. He was sending me pictures, but still, you you know, he's giving me measurements of the firebox, and I'm kind of saying, yeah, that sounds good, but boy, did he ever uh, find a high quality fireplaces? Just amazing, beautiful, really. Mm-hmm. And we've used them, and they're just amazing. Yeah. Um, but the the room became you know functional for for a, a change. Yeah. And then we went into um, the master ensuite or the master suite, and that is where my jaw dropped because the last time I saw that room, I think the ceiling was maybe I don't know seven yeah. feet tall. So it was the, the the actual bedroom is fairly small, but it was an add-on to the outside of the house years ago. Again, one of the Frankensteining moves. And then what we did was we we took over another small uh, bedroom next to it and ended off with a, a master suite bath shower kind of a thing. Right. So we took over the wing of this of this house. It's still pretty small, but at least it's really functional. But Julie's right. This room was all drywalled in and it had a seven foot ceiling with really sort of tacky tongue and groove pine as a finish. And it was just really claustrophobic. In my head, like, that was kind of the downside of, of this property. But it was only we're, you know, we're going to be sleeping, so I'll be okay. I'll, 
wear my big boy pants and suck it up. Now, do you want to know how this all happened? Because I don't even know if you know this full story yet. Um, maybe not. Well, Ian, we were we had decided to open up the wall just just to take a little peek at what was behind the drywall, and we were right. It was the former outside of the house, which was stone. So I said to Ian, "Okay, let's bring this down. Let's bring bring that wall down, and then Vanny, the magician uh, mason." Uh, repointed the entire wall, and it's it's gorgeous. But then I'm sitting there looking, and I'm going, oh, man, would I like to know what's above this tacky tongue-and-groove pine? And I said, and then, and, and, you know, Ian said, well, maybe maybe we can just poke a little hole through and see. Sure enough, poked a hole through, and it was an elevated ceiling. Why anyone would have closed this off is beyond me. It was Inside there, it was as tall as the outside of the house. So I thought, oh, this is going to be a killer surprise for Julie. So we ripped that whole thing out. And, and you know what? For, for, for what it's worth, that would not have been an expensive part of our renovation. But the result was that it's, it's a comfortable, airy room with a natural stone wall and blew my mind. The height just doubles the size of the room now. And it's got, you know, two doors that open out in, into the pool area, and it was great. And then there was some icing on the cake, which we've talked about already on the podcast, but we'll, we'll, we'll mention it again. Right. At, at the top, over the doorway leading into the d- dressing room, was a piece of artwork that was created by um, the former owner's mom. Who does uh, art and sculpture work. And she has a, a shop in, in the village of Pendagenet. And it was a beautiful maple leaf um, yeah. on, a, on a tile. And it was just gorgeous. And everybody was just verklempt. It was <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were all choked up. Yeah. And it, the whole thing just worked out great. So that was, that was a nice uh, introduction to a, a nasty day because you had just, you had, this is still the day you left the, the day, yeah. well, the, your travel day. This is still your travel day that you're finding out all this stuff. Yeah, I, I had been up probably for 24 hours, somewhere around there. Um, but we couldn't actually stay in the no. bedroom for a while because it wasn't ready. We still had flooring to do. So for the first part, I, I can't remember how long we stayed in the basement, um, but we were there at least for a month. Yeah, yeah. They still had uh, some flooring to finish, still had some stuff in the bedroom to finish. I think even... I think the dressing room hadn't been done. No, yet. that's right. The dressing room hadn't the, the the closet room, whatever you want to call it, had didn't have the the closet stuff in. That came very shortly afterwards. But it, the the interesting thing was again similar to when I came here in March the year before. We just got here and things shut down, and so we were going to you know go out and do a bunch of shopping. But within two weeks, everything closed down, and for a long time. So. Come November, there were no restaurants to go to. October 30th, it was the second lockdown for France. They reopened, uh, they lessened some of the measures for the holidays. Mm. But then, you know, we went into a, the third wave of COVID in, sp- in the springtime. Right. And we're uh, in confinement until the beginning of May. And that's 2021. So, yeah, we arrived, we're talking about the October, November of 2020 still. And uh, so there we are. We're in the house. We we have a bed. And we have uh, some furniture, but we did our our stuff still hasn't come from Canada, 
And uh, there were a lot of delays because of COVID Mm -hmm. with all the stuff that we had moved. Mm -hmm. So there we are, are in the basement. And, uh, you know, I I didn't hear you complaining too much about Bertha then because that was our only way to have uh, dinners and and lunches. Yeah. 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 She provided a service. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) You and Bertha really need to make friends. I just, um, I'm uncomfortable about this. So that was that. We were in the house for quite a while um, in the basement waiting for things to get finished. But again, small price to pay and certainly with the understanding of all that COVID offered our renovators. And then moving, moving in day, it happened. Oh, I was dreading this. This is, to me, it's almost, it's almost worse, the stuff moving in because there's all these boxes and things wrapped up and it's just, it's it's not orderly. It's not like, oh, I just, that's fetal position for me. Isn't moving and moving in like yeah. the most, one of the most stressful things for, for yeah. humans? But then they complicated it. So we have a, a, a laneway here that's very narrow, but it was built by people who knew the actual dimension of the semi-trucks here. We've had lumber trucks through this this gate. Well, they call them le portail, but it's just two gates. We need them to keep the dogs safe and nice security. But they had it perfectly designed. We've had lumber trucks. We've had cement trucks in here. We've had any. We've had lots of semi trucks. Yeah, cavalcade of trucks. But if you're a knob, <laughs> and you're a knob truck driver, and you just come by and you go, oh, I'm not backing down there. Then what are you supposed to do? So fast forward, all of our stuff, all of our stuff, rooms of furniture, boxes of clothing are just strewn all over the, the little, the road that we live on. Not near our house, no. on the road. Like easily a hundred meters from the house, a hundred meters from the house, down a hill. He wouldn't go down. Now, what if it had been raining? We would We'd have been pooched. And so, and it wasn't perfectly sunny. So, you know, I didn't want to sit there and argue. And the mover said, well, it's no problem. We'll take everything down. But, oh my, <laughs> you want to, this is so clampity. You just, this is like diddling, ding, 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 all this stuff all strewn over the road. People are driving by in absolute disgust. <laughs> oh, those Canadians. Yeah. And then our guys had to schlep the stuff all the way down and some things got opened and other things we had to do later. I, and I think we were under the impression that they were going to unpack. There, no, there was no time. By the time by the time they got all the stuff down there and they drove from Bordeaux out our way. So that was two and a half hours in a big truck. So the, by the time they got the stuff down the hill and into the house, they unpacked a few things. Like there were some things, you know, with glass doors that I wanted to make sure that they unpacked. So they were able to get that stuff done. But in terms of boxes and and then we didn't have a place to put stuff like you couldn't have uh, opened up our our like our clothes boxes, for instance, because the dressers weren't there or anything. Dressers weren't weren't there. Um, our dressing room wasn't built. Yeah. So there's no place to put anything anyway. So we we lived in boxes for a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, took a while to get organized. But we did eventually find a place for everything and, and settle. And, you know, you know the, uh, the odd thing, Jeff? We still have artwork that's on the floor. We've been here over a year. Well, we're not that tall. <laughs> 
But I think I think we should maybe think about hanging some of that artwork. You know, the 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 object of the podcast is not for me to get more lists of things to do. <laughs> That's not the object of the podcast. Okay. Anywho, um, yeah. So the house is organized now. But we still don't even know if we're going to be putting some of that artwork up, do we? Well, some I think we do know, but here's here's you know when I like my dog's playing poker. Uh, where is that going? <laughs> like your I, velvet, your velvet portrait. Velvet dogs playing <laughs> poker. That cost me a buck fifty at a garage sale. That's got to go somewhere. I mean, let's. But I think your big challenge is that we have stone walls. Yeah, no, it's true, and if you, that's a real commitment. Mm-hmm. Once you put something in a stone wall, mm-hmm. especially some of this new masonry they did, it's a real commitment. So, ah, we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. Just like we'll get our health card just like we'll get our carte de séjour it's like we'll get our french driver's yeah. license a big holding pattern just huge holding pattern you know what you know what i'd like to do for our next show uh chapter eight i i think we can stop the chronology now for just just even just for one one podcast and maybe maybe between now and the, and chapter eight we can go do some things around here get out a bit restaurants are all open uh, maybe talk to you about a couple of towns or something that that are around here. Well, yeah, and it's a nice place to pause because we're here. We're here. We're safe. The stuff is moved in. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I guess the car's coming and the tractor's coming. That's another story. Oh, now I'm it? depressed. Okay, sorry. Well, we'll be cheering Julie up on the next <laughs> chapter of Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. I'm sorry. Désolé, mon amour. <laughs> a plus tard.